this episode is, is brought to you in partnership with Enhanced CBD, bringing you the best CBD products on the market. Go over to their website and enter code SUPERNECESSARY to get 10% off. It's also brought to you by Fortis Fightwear, bringing you premium boxing equipment and apparel. Head over to their website and enter code SUPERNECESSARY10 for 10% off at checkout. Were super necessary. God, Eric, my God. Unbelievable. And welcome back to Super Necessary. Today we are joined by upcoming Cage Warriors contender and a future champ, Matt the B. Matt the B. Spawner. Nearly messed your name up there. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, guys? Okay. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. You? Yeah, good. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks very much for coming back on. Our pleasure, mate. I enjoyed it last time. I think we was with uh, Nathan Fletcher as well last time, weren't we? But yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah, I thought we'd give you the spotlight on your own today. <laughs> It's a bit, bit of a different name, Matt the Beast, isn't it? Oh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, first and foremost, congratulations on, on the big win out last time. Um, you, obviously, beat the former champ, James Webb. Um, how much like, did that fight go as, as you expected it to? Did it, anything surprise you about the fight? Uh, it went exactly as I thought it was going to go. Um, that's why I was a little bit puzzled watching his old fights. In terms of why why people didn't crack on to doing what I did with the takedown defence, uh, in terms of underhooks and, and keeping it off the cage as best you can, and just having a striking fight with him, um, I, I saw that, and so did obviously my coaches as well. We saw from from watching his old fights so that was obviously the way it was going to go because he'll he'll drag you to the floor and keep you there, James Webb. Um, so it, it went perfectly, and it was obviously really good to get a finish as well. Had you noticed that least? Did you only notice that when you started actually knowing that you were going to fight James Webb or is that something you'd been looking out for in his fights anyway? I asked I asked for the James Webb fight ages ago because I thought that's how the fight would go. Um, I watched the, kind of the, the James Webb Mick Stanton fight plenty of times and that it always kind of... Mick Stanton's got reasonable boxing. He, he comes from a boxing background, but Mick kept trying to take it to the floor, which I could never understand because all the success that he had was on the feet. Um, so I kept watching these fighters kind of beating Webb on the feet and then wanting to take it down for some real strange reason. So I asked for the James Webb fight before the Matt Inman fight, actually, after the George Smith fight. And then it didn't come off. And then uh, I won the Matt Inman fight. And then is uh, obviously we got the, the fight secured and, and got a nice little win. It was a very impressive win. Um, what does it mean to you to get a win over someone of James's caliber? Obviously former champion you know what does that win mean to you it means that you're at the level that, that you that you hope you are um if, you, you, i've always said kind of i never lived up to to what i was capable of and what i felt i was doing in the gym certainly with the jeremy richardson fight i kind of felt like i completely flopped that 
Um, and then it's a strange one because everyone was saying how great George Smith was. And I, I agreed. I thought George Smith was probably the best guy in the division. And then you beat him and everyone goes, oh, he's not very good, George Smith, was he? You know, he's, he's not very good. And you think, well, fuck's sake, you, you said he was great before, before I beat him. <laughs> and then everyone was saying I was going to get beat by Matt Inman. And then I beat him and then he was, you know, washed up and retired for three years and all the rest of it. So no one can really say after James Webb that he wasn't a quality opponent because he was the ex-champion. He's, he was on a two-fight win streak. So it, no one can really deny me after that fight, I felt. And then obviously it's gone gone the way to, to get me this title shot. Yeah, it's something, I think that is something we've touched on a little bit on the podcast in the past. Our fans are fickle. Mm. Uh, at one minute, a fight is the greatest fighter they've ever seen. And as soon as they lose, they're no good again. I mean, does that, do you take almost a bit of offence when people start saying stuff like that because it sort of discredits your wins. I, I used to. I think this was the big difference after the Jamie Richardson fight because I had, and I don't know if it means to do with these guys, but me, I, I own a gym with my twin brother, so I do kind of one-to-ones and group sessions and stuff and people come in and say, oh, you've got a fight coming up, aren't you? And you say, yeah, yeah, I'm fighting this guy. They say, oh, well, I'll watch you and, I'll, and we'll talk about it next time I come in. And then they'll come in and they'll say how great the guy is that you're fighting. Oh, he's got knockout power. Oh, it's going to be a tough fight for you, this man. You think, well, fuck's sake, you know, you, I don't really want to hear, <laughs> I don't really want to hear you saying that, to be honest. But and then you do beat him, and then they tell you how shit the person was. You just beat, and I thought, fuck's sake, two weeks ago he was telling me this kid was going to chin me. Um, but yeah, he's kind of. I think the more you're in this game, you realise that's part of it, and it's either people criticising you online or people kind of being passive aggressive to your face. But it doesn't. It doesn't even. I, I, I say I'm very relaxed about the kind of fighting these days. Um, as long as I go in there and do my best, then then that's that. And win or lose, or you know, get knocked out, whatever happens, it happens. As long as I go in there and do my best and um, and try and win, then then so be it. I think regardless like, with what fighters do, they should get credit no matter what, no matter no matter what level they're at. There's a fact that they're going in there and putting their bodies on the line. You know, it deserves credit from the off. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's, it's mad. It's yeah. Mm. So it's always the same people as well. You know, you know, they wouldn't say anything to your face. They, they never step foot in a in a ring oh, or sure. a cage themselves. And but you know, they're giving it Billy Big Bollocks on on Twitter <laughs> and social media and stuff like that. When yeah, I had a I had a fella come to buy some tickets off me. This was this was probably about a year ago. It's for the Sean Lomas fight actually. Um, again, I think it must have been like two years ago. It was my first fight out of Next Generation. And he came to pick up these tickets. And I'd, I think I'd lost the previous fight. And he came up to me and said, so you're going to try and win this time then? You're going to try and put on a bit more of a performance? And I thought, you fit cunt. If, if I weren't getting these, if I weren't selling these eight tickets to you, I'd chin you for saying that. You know, yeah. I, I, was try, I was trying to try last time, actually. Just, you know, the other guy got the better of me for whatever reason. But you're right in what you say. It's the, it's the guys who... Uh, criticise of the guys who would never even dare step foot mm. in there. Yeah. yeah. No, it, need, it, needs, it needs to be... There's, there's got to be some way to stop it, but I suppose if, like yourself, you don't it let it affect you... Punch them in the face, that's how you stop it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, I suppose you've got to be like yourself, don't let it affect you, and then right. eventually they'll just sort of give up and not have a go at you anymore. Mm. Um, how much confidence does going into your title fight after a win over someone like James Webb, how much confidence does that give you? Very confident because obviously uh, Natius Frederick he, uh, he fought James Webb twice. He fought the first time when James Webb was the champion. It was like a draw, 
And then the second time, Frederick kind of TKO'd him at the end of the fourth round. So for me to kind of beat James Webb in two rounds, when it took Frederick, you know, nine rounds over two fights to knock him out, kind of, again, I think makes it look a bit more favourable to me. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 again, super relaxed and super confident going in. Um, I think knowing that I've, again, training our next gen and training with the partners, training partners, I'm, I'm I'm sparring and, and you know and rolling and wrestling with every day. There's, there's seriously nothing more that I could have done in this camp. There's there's going to be no regrets looking back. There's nothing. Like, oh God, why didn't I get turn up for sparring and why did I miss that session? It's I really am trying to push myself to to the limits really and getting the SNC in and, and running and obviously the diet and the weight cut and I'm very professional with how I would do this. Um, just so if it does go the wrong way, it is it, legitimately because Freddie was better, not because. I didn't turn up on the day. Yeah, you know, as you say, you like to um, you like to to watch uh, previous performances. Uh, when you look back at your, your previous fights, like for those we thought that was quite a, a flawless performance. For you, is is there anything that sticks out that you would have done differently? Yeah, this in terms of uh, in terms of my career in the fights, I, I was I always say I went professional too way too early. I was very naive. I kind of um, I was almost doing it all by myself. I was managing myself. I was taking the fights. I was I, I was I was just I complete in control of my own my own career, which is never really a good idea. You want guys you can guide you in the right direction, and obviously you want what's what's really really important is you want sparring partners who you know at, at the level that you that you want to be. Um, so that that's the kind of when I look back, that that's the if there is a regret, that that is it. But I, I've got quite a lot of losses on my record. But I think it, if anything, it kind of um, it, it makes a quite a nice story if I do win this world title. It, it's not some kind of clean sheet. You know, I've I've not been pampered from day one. I've not been you know really kind of guided by anyone. Um, I had a load of losses. I changed up and went next gen. Um, and, and that was obviously the best decision for my career. And and and, and the losses really have got me to this point. I, I kind of think if, if I didn't have those losses, I certainly wouldn't be half the fighter that, that I am today. And at a point, never, you know, moved over to next and I might have stayed on my own and, and got comfortable and not stepped out of that comfort zone. So in terms of regrets, in terms of my career, there, there really isn't there really isn't many that I can really say affect me on a day-to-day basis or anything like that. Yeah. Enough. Um, so how, how are you approaching the fight at the moment with with, with Nathias? Is everything on everything on plan, everything on course? Yes, definitely. Um, obviously, the, the difference being for a title fight, so it's five rounds, it's five five-minute rounds, but previously it's three five-minute rounds. And then there's a kind of a slight difference with the weight as well. Um, in a non-title fight, you've got a kilo, half a kilo allowance, and on a title fight, you haven't. But um, it, it's not really... My training camp for this one hasn't really changed. Uh, I, I could have gone five rounds with James Webb. I felt super fresh at the end of the second round, which kind of allowed me to put on you know, that kind of 20-punch combo that I finished him with. So there's not really been a massive difference um, in, in training. On We spar on the Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we always do four or five rounds every, every single week. So in terms of conditioning, I don't really feel like... Um, there's, there's no worries about going five rounds. I would, if I could pick, if it was, if I could pick between the three rounds or the five rounds, I'd, I'd pick five. I've always wanted to fight five rounds because historically I was a little bit of a slow starter anyway. So um, yeah, the five rounds going to suit me. 
in terms of preparing for his style and stuff, that's a bit that's a little bit of an awkward one because he's not he isn't kind of like a classy refined striker, Frederick. He's very much like a brawler, a brawler style, which I think is probably harder to harder to fight in some ways. Now, if you're in a good gym with good lads, you know, most of them are, are very kind of slick, slick boxers. Um, so you can kind of get used to fighting that style. Where Frederick's like a, it's almost like a bar fight. He throws everything behind his punches, which can be a little bit tricky. So. Uh, I suspect he's probably going to take me around to be able to get my distance and my timing. But again, um, I, I'm very confident that I'm, that I'm going to beat him and, and take take the bell. I've kind of got that unpredictability factor about him. Very unpredictable and very kind of emotional as well. He, he, he does lose his temper in there. Mm. Um, he's, had, he's had a big argument with Matt Goddard, the first James Webb fight. Uh, he chased after Jamie Richardson after I think it was the second round. And so he's a he's a bit of a kind of a, a very emotional uh, in between rounds and stuff. So that that'll be that'll be interesting. I've never kind of had to deal with that before. So we'll see we'll see what kind of temperament he's in. But uh, I'm not I'm certainly not one for backing down or anything like that. I'm I'm ready to to go, to go five hard rounds. Whether it's going to be a grappling fight, if it's going to be a pure stand up fight, I'm going to prepare for both. Him him being so emotional is that something you you can look to exploit? Do you think? Possibly, I'm not. I'm not one of these guys that's going to come out and start the conversation with him or anything like that. But um, we'll see. I, I just don't know how he's going to behave. Sometimes he seems very respectful, and other times, like I mentioned, he seems to kind of really lose his temper. In fact, one of his I think it's one of his amateur fights. Uh, one of the referees had to get a rear naked choke on him to pull him off. A guy he just knocked out. You can watch that on YouTube if anybody I, wants I to. Think, I think we've seen that. You know? Yeah, I think we might. Yeah. We've looked at a few videos like that. Really odd. Um, but then you'll go on Frederick's Instagram page and you'll kind of revel in that a little bit. So I don't really understand. But in terms of going in there and kind of poking fun at him and taunting him, it's not really my character. I just want to go in there and do the business and, and get out again in one piece. With this fight camp, then obviously, as you say, with the brawler, they, they kind of come wide. Has uh, it been? Is your focus more on the straight punches and beating them to them wider punches, or is it? It is. It's kind of in terms of my training. I I don't really like, for the most part, I kind of break up like eighty percent. I'm going to go in there and try and improve myself and try and work on my skills, and then the twenty percent is kind of like fight simulation where you will simulate the hooks and me coming down the middle and stuff like that. So that's, that's definitely an option. Um, again, it's a bit of a strange one with Frederick because he's not like a really great grappler and, and he's got quite a lot of gaps in his, in his stand up, which makes it a little bit tricky to deal with. If you're, you're fighting against someone like James Webb, who's a really good grappler straight away. Your game plan is I'm going to keep it standing. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to beat him up on the feet. If you go against a really good striker, you think, okay, now I'm going to take it down to the floor. But because he's kind of like, uh, I don't know if average is the right word because he's a world champion, but because he's not like very refined or technical in both, it, it, it leaves options, which is always good, but there's not that kind of that, that rock solid game plan that you think, right, I'm definitely going to do this. It's, it's very much going to be a game of going in there and seeing what happens. Um, yeah, and kind of adjusting, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, kind of taking it round by round almost. Well, yeah. And we've prepared for that, to be fair. Obviously, being at a top gym, you do the wall wrestling, you do the wrestling, you do the striking, you do boxing. 
Um, and there's loads of lads in there very capable and very specialised in all of them. So, it's again, it's something that I'm, I'm really prepared for. Wherever this fight goes, I feel like I've probably got the advantage, to be quite honest. You mentioned there about, you know, where you put your focus when you're in fight camp. But do, you, do you change your fight camp based more on your, your opponent or do you like to just keep the focus on yourself and improving yourself? I think, mate, I'm lucky enough I've got a twin brother. So what I tend to do is I'll do all my kind of skill training at next gen, working on myself and improving my skills. And then if I need anything simulating, I'll, I'll come back um, and, and train with a twin brother. He's a, he's a very good Thai boxer. He's number nine in the world at his weight class. So I can just get him to kind of come in and try and simulate those, those kind of things. But predominantly, it, it is more me working on myself because... This, this is a big fight, but there's going to be fights after Frederick. So I don't want to focus too much on what Frederick brings. And and let's face it, he might he might, he might have you know, added tools to his game in between the, the, the Richardson fight. So for me to prepare for for Frederick, he might not be the same Frederick when he steps in on you know in June. I was just saying, I'm just going to add something quickly. When we spoke at one point, you mentioned you're on identical, are you and your brother? No, not identical, no. That's, that's mm. not because he's, he's like proper <laughs> look alike. <laughs> uh, did, did you and my go to sometimes? Um, actually, the, the head coach there has trained with your brother a few times. Right, okay, uh, nice. Glenn at Alliance. Right, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. God, what's the name again? What's the name of the gym? Alliance. That's right, yeah. They're the good yeah. friends, actually. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I've spoke, I've spoke to him um, about your brother. Few times, and he spoke about how, how good he is and stuff like that, and how good it is training with him and that. So, he, he just fought, uh, he, he did his, his first fight obviously since COVID, I think it was two weeks ago now, and, and smashed this uh, this Scottish fella. This this guy was former fourth in the world, and Dan Dan just battered him, he, he smashed him open with elbows every time this kid stepped in. Dan had an elbow waiting for him, and I think, I think he reckons he's had a, may have broke both of the guy's cheekbones because he was a right state after the fight, but. Um, but yeah, Dan, Dan Dan's very high level. Hopefully, he's he had he did have two fights booked in after this last one, and he had a coach of one of these guys ring up his coach and say, "Listen, uh, Dan would smash our lad up, so we're not taking the fight." So uh, he's kind of looking for another fight now. I think he's thinking around August time he'll he'll be able to line his next one up. Yeah, I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, really, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's funny because the guy who's pulled out is UK number four as well. How, how can you, how, how can you turn down a fight from UK? If, you, if you're UK number four, surely you, ha you have to fight um, well, yeah. anyone, anything that comes your way. But, but yeah, unfortunately, that fight's kind of off the table now. But, you know, like I say, hopefully Dan can get a fight sorted out pretty soon. Uh, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Uh, mm -hmm. Dan's ability as a fighter. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if someone ragged higher than him, was looking at him and going, nope, don't want none of that. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I'd, be walking, I'd be walking around like a badge of honour with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last time you were on, you mentioned sort of in your career, you've been a bit of a up and down fighter to get a couple of losses, a couple of wins here and there. Are we now seeing the best version of Matt Bonner? Definitely, yeah. I think kind of there's two things that happen to kind of bring me to where I am now, which you know, hopefully is going to carry on uh, with this winning this world title. But one was, like I've mentioned 10 million times, is moving to next gen. And then mm. the second one was, um, again, the, the Jamie Richardson loss, where I kind of just felt like it almost ruined it for myself and put so much pressure on and I weren't enjoying training very much. And um, after that fight, I, I, I just I just said I was going to enjoy it all and get back to enjoying training, enjoy the weight cutting and kind of what will be, will be. Um, 
so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely the best now than I've ever been. And and every training camp, you think, you know, I think I'm think about as good as I'm going to get. And then, you know, Paul Rimmer will teach you something new, or you'll pick up something else, or or something will happen. You'll have more success in sparring. You think, you know what, I'm miles better than I was even two months ago. I think I'm going to be miles better than the James Webb fight. I've been working, you know, an awful lot more on my boxing this time as well, which was which was quite good for the James Webb fight. But um, you know, developing more power. Every, every single coach I've worked with has always said I've got quite a lot of power on the pads, but it, it's not about hitting pads. It's about being able to to hit the target when, you, when you're fighting. And you, you know, you have to go on in cage warriors. So I've been working on on that a lot and trying to, to land a little bit more, a little bit more harder shots in sparring, um, which which is which will work really well for this camp. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that in there in this fight as well. What what what's your approach being to sparring in general of yours? Tends to go light sparring, or is it? Yeah, yeah. it's. I come from like a Thai boxing background where the sparring is predominantly like very like play sparring. Mm. Um, so that was that was the hard thing coming to next gen. I, I had Paul Rimmer pull me aside quite a few times and saying, "Matt, you're not hitting people hard enough. You be you're being too you're being too light on them." And obviously, I'm I'm one of the bigger guys in the gym as well. So that kind of Kind of unnerved me to, to 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 put the power down a little bit, and it wasn't because I didn't think my training partners could take it or anything like that. I just you hear all the rumours, you know, all the time about guys bullying each other in the gym and stuff and throwing the weight around, and I never wanted to be one of them. But I kind of I went to the other extreme where I was being too soft and and uh, and, and I needed to put that power down a little bit more and, and be a bit more of an enforcer in the gym. Um, so, so that's been better, but historically, I've been, I've been, I've been a softer spar, and, and I did, like I say, I got warned by Paul Rim quite a few times about, about that. He, he wanted me to, to open up a little bit and, and, and push the lads I was sparring. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I remember him. We, we had Nathan obviously, and he's really been, he really spoke highly of how much you've been pushing yourself in the gym as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. That, You've got all, all, all the lads in the gym. Every single one of them. You know, I go to the morning class, which is the pro class. Every single one of those guys want, wants to go to the UFC. Every single one. There's not anyone in there who's you know, oh, you know, oh, maybe, maybe I'll uh, win a few fights and then I'll go off and, and and do something else. Everybody in there wants to go to the UFC. Um, so you've, you've got this pace. I mean. Nathan Fletcher and then Nathan, you've got Nathan, you've got Liam Gittins, you've got Adam Wilson, you've got Francis Breen, you've got Connor Wilson. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, loads more I've missed. But I mean, those those lads, I reckon are probably, I reckon next gen is probably the best place in Europe for the featherweights and the bantams and stuff like that. Little monsters and they make everything look so easy. And then um, a little bit heavier, you've obviously got Paddy and Adam Cullen and, and Ben, Petches Kelly, uh, myself. And again, loads of guys I've missed, but you know we're all pushing each other, we're all trying to punch each other's head in, but we're all we're all mates afterwards. And and they're still all so young as well, aren't they? Sure. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, some. I mean, Nathan, I think he's like 24, 25 still. No, I've got five years on him, and he he must be he must be a fight away from a title shot. Now, if he beats yeah. Bull, and he, the, as far as I'm I'm concerned, he should be getting a title shot. Yeah, but we actually we actually had him on recently. Speaking about that, and he said he thinks that is like the number one contender fight now, especially by Booland that beat uh, Liam Liam Gittins last time out in oh, controversial yeah. fashion. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, we that I mean, he thinks that we think that's the next logical step for him as well. And obviously, that's probably the feeling in the gym as well. I think so. And kind of when people talk to me about my career and stuff and the mistakes I've made, if, if you ever want an example of someone who's who's kind of had the done the exact opposite to me is Nathan Fletcher. You know, he, he's he's been to, he's been in the right place. He's been groomed. Uh, he's he's not had any easy fights by any means, but he's he's progressively fought harder guys. You know, he, he's had kind of like a perfect career, and if they've they've guided Nathan so well, like I say, they've done kind of the opposite with Nathan than, than I've done myself. He, he's done it the right way. When I kind of went, I took the scenic route. I took the long way around. Yeah. So to to kind of bring it back back to yourself then. So obviously, you know, Natius beat Webb. They got the belt. You obviously beat Webb. Mm. Have you had the chance to look over their fights that they had to gain insight into Matthias? It's quite lucky, really, because me me watching Webb, I've obviously been picking up on what Frederick's been doing the whole time mm. as well. Um, and they've had two. The first fight went five rounds and the second fight went four rounds. So there's a solid nine rounds there mm. that you can you know, look on and, and write little notes. I'm quite, uh, I have a little notebook and I'll write down little notes and stuff and which come to me as I'm watching. I've watched that fight 10 times, but yeah, I've, I've definitely, there's, there's definitely a lot in that fight to pick up on. There's, James Webb had a lot of success in that fight. Um, uh, this is this is what I don't kind of understand about Webb. Oh, Webb's kind of like, like a very high-level black belt. His coach is Tyler Perman, who's, who's one of the best in the world, but his positioning in those Frederick fights is absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Frederick is just like pushing him off. And, there's no, and I understand Frederick's going to be strong, he's explosive and whatnot, but Frederick's just pushing him off. There's, there's, there's no way he'll be able to do that if I'm on top of him, if your positioning's good. There's no way he'll be able to do that against, you know, a, a fucking lightweight. If they put the positioning well, I, I do think an awful lot in those fights is it wasn't what Frederick was doing right, it was what James Webb was doing wrong. His positioning was terrible. Uh, he's striking, James Webb's striking... Again, it's quite poor. He needs some real work on his boxing. But 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 he, he took, I think I counted him in the first fight. I think he took Frederick down 20 times. Or 12 to 20 times, if I remember. It was over the two fights, it was well over 20 times. Yeah. So he did a lot of good things in there. But then he just, like I say, his positioning was absolutely terrible. For, 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 a, for a black belt, his positioning was off. Yeah. Yeah, surprising that. Especially if he has had some success. But mm. I suppose... Getting the takedown is only is only one thing. If you don't do anything with it, it's pointless, isn't it? It might just be Frederick is super strong. You know, you have, you have to put that into perspective as well. I, I kind of did. The, I had the same opinion as James Webb. I was thinking he must be so strong when he comes in because he's taking people down so many times. There must be something more than underhooks because all I did in my fight was underhooks with him. Mm-hmm. There must be something more to him than um, than people being able to frame away and, and defend the takedowns. And then when I was in there. There wasn't. Um, it, it was quite. It was quite easy to defend with the underhooks coming in. Um, hence, why I'm a little bit kind of uh, curious why why nobody else did that against him. But maybe nobody else. Maybe nobody else saw it. Maybe I'm kind of doing me and my team down by by recognizing that. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe Frederick is sort of like is it Eric Lewis? He just makes getting sure. look easy, doesn't he? That's so right. Yeah. Maybe it's similar. He, He's kind of the same as Derek Lewis on the feet as well. Like he'll be off balance and still be able to knock you out. Yeah, it, it's it's really strange. If you watch the the Jamie Richardson fight, he's kind of ice skating the whole time. Frederick, he's he's sliding all over the cage. Um, I don't know why. Whether he's just got really sweaty feet or if he's got some kind of 
don't know, like sweet sweat on him from the day before because you put like sweet sweat on you to, so you can dehydrate, so you can make the weight. Whether that's kind of all coming out of his pores, but he's, he's slipping about all over the place. Mm. So for him to be able to still knock, you know, uh, Richardson out in, in their fight says something about his power, but we'll see. I, I, again, I think I think Richardson made quite a lot of mistakes in that fight, to be honest. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, we had Nathan on um, very recently again to talk about his fight and um, we got his opinion on on your upcoming fight with Natius. Um, how do you think he's going to get on against Brian Booland? I think, again, without kind of blowing too much smoke up Fletcher, I, th- I think he's probably one of the best all-rounders in, in Cage Warriors. So I think mm, I think it'll probably end up, Nathan is so good on the ground. I don't think I'm giving away any kind of game plan by saying that. But I, I think it'll probably end up with Nathan subbing him with a very naked choke. You know, that's that's what he tends to do against everyone. I actually thought the guy who, who Nathan fought last, it's like, Michelle Montanaghi or something like that, yeah, you know, Italian yeah. guy. Yeah. I actually thought Nathan was going to have loads of trouble with him. Um, but I, I don't know if Nathan said he, he, he was super ill before that fight. Yeah, yeah. Massively yeah. ill. Yeah. Um, and, and he's still, still, I don't know about making it look easy, but he's still, still, still beat him uh, comfortably, I would say. Mm. So I, I think, I think he'll end up, and again, I have, I have no idea what Nathan's game plan is at all, but I, I think I'll end up wrestling him, taking his back and, and, and choke him out probably in the second round. Yeah, I don't think anyone picked up on the fact that he was sick until he mentioned yeah, it. So that's right. He, he was a mess. Yeah. He was a mess. He came. He came backstage and he looked like a little old man. He was all kind of curled up. He was throwing up in the bin. Uh, he had to go for a lie down in the medical room. He, uh, they gave him some kind of medication, but he, he was a mess. He was. But that just says how good. Uh, no, it, it just makes out how good his conditioning was. His mm. conditioning was so yeah. good that he was still. You know, maybe at forty percent, and still goes in there and performs. So it's you... a scary thought, isn't it? If he if he can do that at forty percent, what he can do at one hundred percent is just doesn't. That's right. And the guy who was against again was 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 super was, was super tough. He, you know, he, he he fought Wesley Mayer in his last fight and mm. and beat him. And Wesley Mayer's now no uh, he, he's he's a top fighter. So I think I'm quite confident in Nathan winning that fight. To be honest, obviously. Graham announced that the, the event is now behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You know, no fans will be going. Uh, how much is, is a blow? Uh, of a blow is that for you? How much does that affect you? I, I kind of knew it was coming because I had the um, Kieran, who's the, the Cage Warriors kind of media guy. He messaged us all and said, can you do like a little promo saying, like, oh, the fans are back and all the rest of it. And then we did this promo and then didn't hear anything about it for like two, three weeks. So I figured that was going to be the case anyway, especially with the Indian variant thing kind of picking yeah. up a little bit of steam. But in terms of kind of it, it affecting me, I'm not really that bothered, to be quite honest. I, I fought the last three with no crowd and I've kind of got used to there being no crowd. So to add that kind of extra in there, I don't think it would affect me, but I prefer everything to be as kind of as similar as it has been for the last three fights. It would be it'd be lovely to all, to have all your mates and obviously your missus there and your family watching you win a world title, but it just is what it is. And you know, hopefully by the time I have to defend the thing, you know everything's going to go back to normal. But yeah, in, in terms of how much it's kind of it's disappointing, but it's it's nothing that's it's not really affected any kind of it's not affected me like emotionally or mentally or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so 
a lot of good things have been happening at Next Gen recently. Obviously, yourself's got the title shot. Paddy's just been signed to the UFC. What What's that atmosphere like in there at the minute? It's top. It is. It's good. I mean, we're all sparring today upstairs. We've got a cage upstairs. So we all go upstairs and we watch each other spar. It's kind of simulating the fight. So you've got the two coaches, Ellis. Um, we've got three coaches, Ellis, Adam Venture and, and Paul Rimmer watching. Uh, it, they, they're kind of trying to simulate the fight, I suppose. Um, so there's a little bit of nerves and adrenaline going there, but you've got all the lads who are kind of either giving you advice or giving you, your partner, your opponent the advice. But every, everyone, everyone's looking super, you know, super conditioned. I was watching uh, Adam Cullen and Joel Downey Cave spar today. Adam Cullen's a good friend of Nathan Fletcher. And the, the conditioning is unbelievable. And you, you do see, you're starting to see people peak now. Everyone looks super fit and, and slick. Even the amateurs there could, could, I think most of them are going pro in August. So you've got, you've got a really good, strong uh, up and coming, you know, youth coming through as well. Um, so yeah, it's good. And I say everyone's mates and everyone gets on. There's no kind of animosity or jealousy from anyone. Obviously Paddy's going to the UFC now and, uh, so everyone's happy for him, but even on a kind of a selfish kind of way, Paddy going to the UFC is going to shine the spotlight on everybody else in the gym as well. Mm, that, yeah. that does dribble down to everybody else. So everyone's buzzing about that. And um, yeah, well, everyone's ready. I think I think the last cage warriors next had the most amount of fighters on the card. And I, I presume it's going to be the same. I think we've got like six on there. So yeah, yeah. I think I think we probably are kind of the gym in, in the country at the moment, I suppose. Yeah. I think it, it speaks volumes to the work that like Paul Paul Rimmer yeah. and the coaches are doing because obviously the success that Next Gen have had over the last few years, yeah. Paddy in the UFC, Molly there, uh, Chris Fishgold, mm. obviously yourself with the title shot, Nathan looking like he's the next yeah. in line for one. The success rate right now is, like you say, it's off the charts. So it's a testament to the work that the coaches are putting in with, with all of you. That's it. It's... <laughs> It, this is this is kind of the difference I'm saying from from when I first started. You, you, you coaches are guys who are maybe doing forty hours a week at a warehouse or whatever, and then spending two hours in the evening teaching teaching at some sweaty gym in Warrington. Or you've got guys at Next Gen who live and breathe the sport, and even when they do go home after doing a ten hour shift in Next Gen, they're watching UFC fights and they're watching MMA breakdowns and stuff like that. You know, the, these guys are massively knowledgeable. Paul Rimmer or Ellis Hampson, they, 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 they've they forgotten more than I'll probably ever know about the sport. So you have you have got top coaches in there who who do guide everyone and like like you've mentioned, the success speaks for itself. Really, it's not just they've not just got one person to the UFC. Um, they've got three, and then you know, anyone else you, you might get signed either at the end of this year or next year. So. Uh... Talk, talk about that a bit then. So obviously you have the fight for Matthias. You get the belt. What comes next? Is it defend it a couple of times or is I think so. yeah? I think so. Yeah, it was. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this because but they've not said I'm not allowed to say it. But uh, I don't know. I'll say it anyway, and then I'll just have to deal with Graham if he does kick off whatever. But they actually said the winner of the James Webb fight and and me. Last time he's going to go on UFC contender series. That's what oh, yeah. that's what he said before the fight. He said, "Whoever wins out, you and James Webb are going to go on UFC contender series." Um, and then I won the fight. Well, the other said, "You're going to go on the contender series, or you're going to you're going to fight for the title." So I won the fight, and then the kind of contender series thing was brushed under the rug a little bit. I I, I presume it's because how hard the visas are to get now with COVID and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it would have been great to go on there, but. 
kind of the consolation prize is still a world title. So yeah. I, I wasn't too too kind of fussed about that. But in terms of in terms of what happens after the Frederick fight, I'm, I'm not sure that they look like the lining up this Ken Ken Cotman fella. I, I don't know what I don't still don't know how to pronounce his second name, but it's a guy who's just come over from Bellator. He um, he won Jamie Richardson the last time out. And he's just been scheduled to fight Justin Moore uh, the day after me. So it looked like I think they're going to try and and, and set that fight up, um, either with me or Frederick, unless an opportunity does come up and UFC do need a middleweight and whatever. Mm. And obviously, I'd, I'd step in for that, but that, that's what I figure. I th- I think they want me to improve my record. No, I'm nine and six now. I'll be ten and six hopefully if I beat Frederick. I think they'll want me to get to twelve and six before they even think about putting me across the UFC. But we'll see. I'm, I'm happy at the moment just winning fights and, and seeing what happens. Sure. Um, do, do you think having the world title is is the best thing, having that shot? Because obviously with the ultimate fighter coming back, maybe that might sort of shadow the contender series a bit, do you think? I, 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 I've always wanted the Cage Warriors title before I even went in there, to be honest. So I think it's more... Kind of sentimental for me to it, it. It would mean more if I won the world title. That that would have been my choice anyway. I, I I obviously would have gone on the contender series, and then if you win that and do it in style, you'll go on to the UFC and all the rest of it. But I've always fancied the idea of winning winning the belt. I think I've had like eight or nine fights out of cage warriors now, yeah. which is more than than, than 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 a lot of people. So I've got a little bit more affection for for getting that belt. And listen, if I won that world title and then couldn't fight again or lost 10 fights afterwards, I'd, I'd still think I've had a really successful career just by winning the Cage Warriors world title. I would I would be really, really pleased with that. Yeah, because it still yeah. shows your journey, doesn't it? That's right, up, yeah. you know, and Actually winning winning the belt, and especially, as you've mentioned, you know, some things you didn't do right, and then you made those sure. changes to get the belt then. So, That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you do win the belt, you're joining some... Some huge names who've won belts in Cage Warriors. So that in itself is is a massive thing. Um, it is. It's got to be kind of like the top five world titles in the MMA world. I would imagine top five or maybe top seven. Obviously, you've got UFC, Bellator, One FC, and whatnot. But after that, it kind of gets a little bit jumbled up. I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Cage Warriors title is it's got to be up there with KSW and stuff like that. It's Cage Warriors is the biggest European show. So, yeah. you know, I think I think for anyone to win the Cage Warriors world title, I think you've you've achieved more than maybe 90, 99% of, of the other MMA fighters who come into the game. Definitely. Uh, well, we're looking forward to the fight. We uh, we know you're going to get the job done. And um, once, you, uh, once you've got that belt over your shoulder, we'll, we'll get you back on. You can show it off for all our all our listeners and viewers. Sure, man. I'll definitely um, be back on. But yeah, we've honestly really enjoyed talking to you again. And uh, best of, of luck against Natius. We'll, we'll be rooting for you from, from our homes. Cheers, fellas. Thanks very much. See you soon. Take it easy, mate. See you later, guys. This is the greatest, I love it! It was super necessary.
Lucius. <laughs>